Hey kids, it's the Stephen or Else podcast, the only podcast that sweats when it's thinking real hard. The Stephen or Else podcast is a Big Beard Books production because something has to be right. Everybody, welcome to the Stephen RLs podcast. This is episode number five. I am, of course, Stephen, and this is my podcast. It is a brisk 59 degrees outside, so I'm sitting very comfortably in a borrowed truck without the heat just overwhelming me and causing me to sweat in areas that people just shouldn't be sweating in. So I think we can have a good time, a better time with this podcast. Not that I've not had a good time with the podcast. In the other episodes, it's just that I had to stop a lot because sweat was uh, uh, pouring down my face. And I don't, I'm not one who likes to sweat. You know, when it comes to the weather, people complain it's too hot. People complain it's too cold. I would rather be cold than hot. You don't want me taking off clothes. That's all I'm saying. If it's hot outside, you can either turn on an air conditioner, or if you don't have an air conditioner, you can reduce the amount of clothing you're wearing. I don't I don't really have that option. So when it's cold out, you can just add to what you're wearing if you don't have a heater and boy, I can sure add to what I'm wearing. So cold weather just suits me just fine and it's it's a nice fall day out. Fall is is has officially landed here in Kansas. The leaves are falling from the trees. But of course that means because of where we're at, fall has landed. But we're probably going to have another week of uh, 90, 95, 100-degree heat. And then it's just going to go to freezing rain. That's usually how it works around here, around this place. So, hey, uh, I don't really have a lot of opening announcements and stuff. I, I do want to give a shout-out to to Mr. George Harab. Uh, I've mentioned him at the end of a couple of episodes. You can find him over at georgeharab.com. That's George, H-R-A-B.com. Now, George Harab's a musician. And back back in the day, back when I was first doing my podcast 10, 10, 12 years ago, they had this thing out there called the uh, the Pod Safe Pod Show Music Network or the Pod Show Pod Safe Music Network. Anyway, it was a it was a website where bands and musicians and 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 whatnot could upload their songs, and then podcasters could download those songs and use them on their podcast for free, providing that we gave, you know, attribute it to the, to the network and all that good stuff. And so when I was looking for songs for the podcast, George Robb's songs really, really spoke to me. I thought they were nice and nice and uh, bouncy and just fun. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for some fun songs, some bouncy tunes to, to, to throw in between segments. Now his, his wasn't the only music. There was also a band called Carna Cruda. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but they're the ones, if you remember in the old day, I had that song that would play every once in a while called Banana. That was them. So I emailed Mr. Harab and I said, hey, man, I'm. Uh, you probably don't remember me. I used to do the Just Another Fanboy podcast. Uh, I used some of your songs that I got off of this music network. Music network's not around. I still have your songs. I listed out the songs that I have. And I said, do you mind if I use them in my new podcast? And within a day, he had written back and he, he, he gave me permission. He was really cool about it. 
Um, I would like to start using the Carnacruda songs as well. And I've emailed one of the guys from that band, but I haven't heard back yet. And I don't know if I will, but you know what? I'm perfectly happy with the music I've got so far. So shout out to George Rob. That's georgerob.com. Go tell the man I sent you. Other than that, I got nothing else. So how about we just do some news? This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by Surly Jim's House of Pencils. And Surly Jim wants to know, uh, you want to buy some pencils? Surly Jim has pencils for every occasion. Do you like to draw, scribble, or just write your name over and over on a sheet of crisp white paper? Do you yearn for the days of handwritten correspondence? Do you find yourself spending hours and hours writing a single word enough times to fill a bookshelf full of composition notebooks? Well, why not try a writing tool from Surly Jim's House of Pencils? Ask for Surly Jim by name and you'll get a free number two pencil for all your testing needs. Surly Jim's House of Pencils, because you have to buy them somewhere, right? Okay, so there's just a couple of news items here that, uh, Tickled my fancy this week. Uh, first off, earlier in the week, last week sometime, I think it was either the day I recorded episode four or episode three or the day episode three was released, but they they premiered the, the new trailer for the new Doctor Who with Jodie Whittaker. And I know there are probably some people up in arms, oh my goodness, Doctor Who is a girl. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I watched the trailer and it looks really good. And she looks really good as the doctor and she sounds really good and she does everything really good as the, I buy her as the doctor. So far, they haven't cast anyone in the role of the doctor since Chris Eccleston started that I have not enjoyed. The, the doctor before her, Peter Capaldi, I was, man, I'll tell you what, he, I was more worried about him than I was about her. When I was still watching the Matt Smith, uh, Doctor Who episodes, and they announced Peter Capaldi. I'm like, what? That's an old man. You can't have an old man be the doctor, even though there has been plenty of old men as a doctor. But it took me maybe half of the first episode with him in it. And he's actually, so let me just line up my doctors for you. But originally, before Peter Capaldi came on, it was David Tennant uh, was number one. Matt Smith was number two. And then... Christopher Eccleston was number three because there were just the three. I haven't watched any classic Doctor Who. Get off my back. And then Peter Capaldi came aboard, and he quickly became my number two. He outbeat Matt Smith. So we'll see where Jodie Whittaker falls into that numeration when those episodes start coming out on DVD. I still need to finish up the Peter Capaldi episodes. I think I have one last season. Palin and I had gone back and started watching from the Christopher Eccleston days. And we've gotten about, I think we're either the second or third season into Matt Smith. Uh, and then we just haven't gotten back to it. So we need, we need to get back to that. Cause I want to get, uh, I have watched all the way through the first season, maybe the second season of Peter Capaldi. I can't remember how many seasons he did, but his last season I haven't watched. So I need to get all those watched and uh, get ready for Jodie Whittaker because I'm looking forward to it. I think that show is going to be really good. New showrunner, new doctor, new music. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. 
Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Now, before your training begins, I wanted to welcome y'all to your first day here at Solutions Incorporated. Your first day at Solutions Incorporated. Yes, thank you, Abner. My name is Virgil Bean. This is my colleague, Abner Franks. Hello. We got a lot of ground to cover today, so how about we just get to it? Let's just get to it. Now, I'm sure y'all asking yourself, why are we doing our orientation training in a restaurant? Now, that's a valid question. A valid question. The answer, on the other hand, ain't quite so simple. Ain't so simple. It certainly has nothing to do with not being able to find a free sound file of generic office background noise. I can tell you that much. No sound file. So I'm not going to get into the hows and the Y4s and the whatnots. The important thing is that you're all here. And while I don't want to speak for Abner, I for one am as pleased as punch. Pleased as punch. Now you'll find in front of you a packet which contains your temporary ID badge. Don't lose it. That badge is your only way in and out of the building. The only way in and out of the building. Along with the badge is your insurance paperwork. This paperwork is due back to HR by the end of the week. I would encourage you all to fill it out if you want some medical coverage. Fill it out if you want medical coverage. Beyond that, we have a safety video for you to watch, and then we'll take a break before really digging in. We're going to take a break and then really dig in. Abner, are you just going to stand there and repeat everything I say? Repeat everything? I, I mean, no. Well, that's good, Abner. That's good. Now, before we see that wonderful safety video, Abner has... Oh, oh yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Let's... Let's just let this waiter get by here. Anyway, as I was saying, before we see that wonderful safety video, Abner has a short presentation for you on bloodborne pathogens. Take it away, Abner. Abner? Where'd he get off to, Abner? Sorry, sorry, everyone. Thought I heard one of the diners over there at the next table say they were out of roast beef. False alarm, everyone. False alarm. second news item I have is actually only a rumor at this point, and it's the, the, it, the rumor was posted over at Bleeding Cool and asked the question, is there going to be a Captain Britain movie directed by Guy Ritchie? So Bleeding Cool posted the following from a British gossip email newsletter that says, Marvel Studios has booked some space at Pinewood to host auditions for a Captain Britain movie, supposedly attached to direct Guy Ritchie. I hope that comes to fruition because I like, I like Guy Ritchie. I didn't like his movie that he made with Madonna, but that may have been an obligation on his part to make that because he was married to her at the time. But his uh, Sherlock Holmes movies I like. I like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I like Snatch. Um, Rock and Rolla I liked somewhat. I know there's another one or two in there, but I think uh, based on Marvel's track record of movies, and pairing the correct directors with those movies, then this, if this is true, it's going to be an amazing movie, and I'm really looking forward to it. The last bit of news is, just came out yesterday, Mystery Science Theater 3000 returns to Netflix on November 22nd, which means I have to watch that one last episode that's up there now to get, not, you know, not that you're going to not know what's going on, but... MST3K, one of those shows that I really like. Palin really was getting into it as well with me, so we need to finish that up. And then Doctor Who, of course. But this apparently this episode, this season, will will mark the 30th year for the show. So that's pretty cool. They uh, premiered their first episode on Thanksgiving 30 years ago. So 30 years of... Now, I know it's not 30 straight years of MST3K, but still, there's a lot of freaking episodes out there, so... 
proud of them. And if no one's no one's aware, Joel Hodgson, you know, the original from MST3K does the voice of the mayor in the Steven Universe cartoons. Ron is a big Steven Universe fan. Mayor, Joel Hodgson. I was watching, catch the episodes with her every once in a while when she's watching them. And I said, who is that guy? That guy sounds really familiar. And then it hit me, Joel Hodgson. So, all right, so that's my news. So let's, uh, how about we talk some comics? What is your favorite thing in the world? Comics. Yes. Comics! No, 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 wait, tell me about comics. I got one comic to talk about today. It's another image comic. I've been reading a lot of image comics. I wanted to talk about Astro City this week, but I haven't finished it yet. So I'm not going to talk about Astro City. the only other thing I have left from the library is the all-star Batman with uh, from Scott Snyder and John Romita Jr. I started that. It seems interesting, but so far I haven't been pulled back to it. And I need to finish Rumble. I've got the first three trades, and I've only read the first one. I need to finish Rumble. But this was actually a book that I got over on the Hoopla app. It's also an image book. It's called East of West. It's volume one, The Promise. It's written by Jonathan Hickman. The art is by Nick Dragata. The colors are by Frank Martin and the letters by Russ Wooten. Now, first, I'm going to read you the description of the book. I often try to do that. I often try to read what the official blurb is for the book before I try my ham-handed way, my ham-fisted way, my mumbly way to describe a book because I don't think I do... Sometimes I guess I do an okay job, but I think in most cases I don't, which really flies in the face of having a comic book podcast, right? Don't care. Uh, So here's, here's the official description. This is the world. It is not the one we wanted, but it is the one we deserve. The four horsemen of the apocalypse roam the earth, signaling the end times for humanity and our best hope for life lies in death. Okay, so that sounded really interesting to me, and I gave it a chance, and I started reading it. And, man, I can't remember how many issues are in that first trade. It might be six, but it was probably 75 to 80%. I had to get through 75 to 85% of it before I really kind of understood what was going on. When I read the first few pages, I was really intrigued. It, I mean, it starts off kind of weird. There's this, like, a Stonehenge-looking place out in the middle of nowhere, but all the rocks are floating a few feet off the ground. These three kids come tum- barreling out of the earth. They come digging their way out of the earth. There's only three of them, and there's one. Then they're like, well, well, what is missing? But but he is supposed to be dead, so he should be here. And they 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 roll the bones to see what's going on, and, and they say, well, I guess we'll just have to kill him again or something like that. It's like, all right, whatever. And then they tell this little history lesson uh, that starts with the Civil War, and there was a soldier in the Civil War whose name I can't recall, who ends up becoming a prophet, a religious man. And near the end of the Civil War, a certain Indian chief swears allegiance to Red Cloud and 
gets all of, basically creates just one large Indian nation. And so as the Civil War is ending, then America has to start fighting another war with, with the Native Americans because they're now, they're now fighting under one banner. It's not just different tribes here and there. It's, it's, a, it's an army of, of Native Americans. So now they're fighting two wars. Well, this goes on for apparently a decade, uh, maybe two, and then a comet smashes into the earth. Doesn't destroy the earth or anything, but it it signals to everyone somehow. I, they're all like, "Oh, there's a comet. I guess we all should get along." And it because of that, they they go to what they call the site armistice. Armistice. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that word. Whenever you got some C's and some S's and a lot of S's and T's in one word, Stephen's tongue swells up like a like a lemon in sunshine. I don't know what that means, but that's what it does. So anyway. They go there to the site where the comet hit. Freaking trains. To, uh, to, to basically sign a treaty. And they start, uh, they create, they form what's called the Seven Nations of America. And that's what, that's what America becomes. And then we go to the present. Well, <clears throat> in the meantime, there's all this stuff going, they're talking about the, this, this guy, this prophet, uh, writes this, uh, a new, you know, the, a new proverb or something. And then red cloud, uh, is in front of all of his people. And he, he tells them of his vision. And that apparently is happening at the same time as this prophet is writing out the new proverbs. And as soon as each of them are done, they die. And then 20 years later or something, Mount Zedong, Mount Zedong, Mao, I don't know. Jeez. Today's not a good, I don't, you know what? I can't pronounce stuff. That's just the way it is. You either shut the podcast off and go find somebody else to listen to or just laugh along with me at my inability to pronounce words because I ain't good at it. Let's move on. So he writes a message and it's the final part to the message, which has something to do with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Anyway, then they go to the, suddenly it just, bam, shifts to the present. And there's this bar and man walks into the bar and he is dressed completely in white and his skin is white and his hair is white. The only part about him that's not white is the gun belt and the guns that he's wearing on his hips. He comes in to uh, order a drink, and in with him come these two Native Americans. One is a woman who is completely black, and not like African-American black, but like coal black. And she might have white hair, white makeup on her face. The other guy is completely white. And so the bartender's like, you know, I don't mind giving you a drink, but you got to get these other two out of here, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, everybody's shooting and... and uh the guy in white is still at the bar drinking his drink, but the other two that he brought in is just, they just slaughter everyone in the bar. So that was kind of odd. Um, as we progress with the book, we find out that this guy, this cowboy, cause it's, it's, it's in the future. There's technology. There's, there's, there's very futuristic technology, but at the same time, it's like a, it's like a Western. This cowboy, for example, he doesn't ride a horse. He rides some big, weird robot insect looking thing. It look, visually, it looks freaking cool. And once I got my, my claws into the story and the story started to make sense, I really enjoyed it. 
But anyway, we find out this cowboy, he is death. He is the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. And apparently at some point in the past, he had met a woman, fallen in love, got married while he was death. This isn't like pre I got turned into death while he was death, met a woman, fell in love. She is a descendant of Mount Zedong, Mount Zedong. Yeah, shut up. Anyway, um, they get married, they have a kid, and then the 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 other three horsemen of the apocalypse appears to kill her and kill him. He doesn't die, and now he's trying to find everybody who betrayed him and killed his wife so he can kill all them. And there's like the chosen, they all follow the message. The message is apparently they are, their goal in life is to trigger the apocalypse and destroy the world. I don't know why. I don't know what they think they're going to get out of this deal, but that's their goal in life. And basically every nation on the planet has someone in control who is one of these chosen. They're part of the, they believe in the message. And so death is now going around trying to kill all them. But then he finds out his wife was never killed. She's still alive. So he tracks her down, frees her. She doesn't want to be with him. She's, she's mad at him because he left her and they killed their kid. But he tells her, no, kid's not dead. I just found that out too. I thought you were both dead, but apparently neither of you are dead. And so she says, okay, you go get our son back and then we'll see. And then that's how the book ends. And I know there are quite a few volumes after it because I've looked in Hoopla. So it's, it is something I'm going to continue reading. It just... It was just really confusing at first. It really, like I said, it took me like 85% of the book before I could wrap my arms around it. Now, had I been getting this monthly, I probably would have just kept getting them, even though I was really confused for those first few issues, because it did, regardless of the fact that I was confused and I didn't know what was going on, I kept turning the page or the, the, the electronic page. And the art is beautiful. The art and the colors, freaking beautiful. Nick Dragata and Frank Martin have created a very, very nice looking book. And I, I'm hoping that they're still on it as the book progresses, because I am going to read more. And if I do, I will, uh, maybe I'll, I'll report back on what I read. This is, this is going to be the hard part of doing the podcast, because since I don't get monthly books, I'm only getting trades and whatnot at the library. There are certain like this one and Paper Girls that I talked about uh, in a previous episode. I want to keep reading those. But if I'm going to keep reading those, I got to be able to make time to read those and read something new each week to talk about on the show. Uh, It's just like a big weight that somebody just placed upon my shoulders. But I can do it. I will persevere. I will get this done. So that's your comics. Now, beyond comics... I watched some stuff this week that I really, 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 really want to talk about. So let's talk some TV and let's talk some movies. So before I get into the big main topic of conversation, because I've finished Iron Fist Season 2, and I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to spoil the crap out of it. So you are forewarned, 
when we get to Iron Fist season two here in just a bit, I'm going to spoil it. Before that, though, I want to talk about what has come out on on the streaming services that I that I watch this week. And I want to talk about what's coming out on Netflix in October. I seem to be able to around the 25th or the 26th every month go like USA Today, for example, I, I subscribe to them on my my uh, news reader. The 25th and 26th, they put out an article. Here's what's coming on Netflix next month. I can't seem to find anything like that for Hulu or for Prime or any of the others. So if you know of some places I can go to find out what's, you know, what new is coming to places like Prime and Hulu each month, let me know. Otherwise, I'll just depend on my Just Watched app to see what's coming each day. So let's talk about what landed on on the streaming services this week since the last episode, well, since episode three. Netflix had The Good Cop, which has Tony Danza and Josh Groban. They are a father and son. Tony Danza plays a cop that was a crooked cop who went to jail, spent some time in jail. He's out. He's on parole. He now lives with his son, Josh Groban, who is the perfect Boy Scout squeaky clean cop. The first episode, they are both in a car at a stoplight. And Tony Danza's character is like, well, you know, the light's broken. It's broken. You know this. This you, 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 you do this every day. The light is broken. It's stuck on red. Josh Groban's like, well, I'm going to I'm just going to give it a little time. I'm just going to give it just let me just give it a minute. And he just he cannot run a red light, even though he knows that light is broken. And they do it again at the very end of the episode. Same thing. But it's a pretty good little show. It's uh, it's it's not a one continuing story arc throughout the whole season. They're one and done episodes. And they have this neat little trick where like the beginning of the first episode during the credit sequence, it's like a, it's like a newspaper. And as the credit sequence ends, it lands, it ends on a headline and the headline is the title of that episode. And then at the end of the episode, it goes back to that headline and then the camera moves to another headline which is the title of the next episode. And then the way Netflix is set up is that at that point, you can choose the option to go right to the next episode. You choose that option and it takes you right to the next episode to that exact same spot. So it's almost like you can just sit there and just watch them without any kind of, you know, back to back. And it just smoothly transitions in between each episode. But I've, I've enjoyed it. Now, episodes three, four, five, maybe, I kind of fell asleep and, and had a nice little nap too on Saturday. So I enjoyed that much more than the show. Um, and I don't know if I'll go back and watch them, but it's, it's a good time killer. It's a nice little show. Now I want to thank everyone who chose to return from break. I see that we lost about 20% of you, but that's to be expected after seeing that safety video. As for the rest of you, I see you got the note of the location change. We will be concluding today's training, apparently, in this sunny meadow. I do want to say, since the rest of you decided to stick it out following that safety video, you will really enjoy working here at Solutions Incorporated. There are all sorts of fun things we do each week to help folks keep motivated. In fact, next Wednesday will be the monthly food day in which I encourage all of you to participate. Then, once every quarter, there's the squirrel riding competition, followed by the... Excuse me. Oh, yes, you had a question? What's a food day? What's a food day? I'll answer that. Food day is my favorite day of the month. It's the day that all the employees bring in great gobs of food. Then, at lunchtime, we all get to eat it. 
It just, it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. Abner, are you crying? No, no, I ain't. I just got something in my eyes all. Okay, well, as Abner sees to that, once again, I would like to encourage you all to participate in the food day next week. The theme this month is vegetarian, so make sure to bring in your favorite vegan dish to share. <laughs> That's a good one. What? Good one. What you said. The joke struck me funny is all. What joke? Come on now, Virgil. Ain't no time to be modest. You made a joke. It was funny. I didn't make a joke. Sure you did. You said the next week would be all vegetarian food. It is going to be vegetarian food, Abner. That weren't no joke. Vegetarian? Vegetarian. Vegetables and such? That's right. Great Caesar's ghost, man. Do you know what this means? No meat. Precisely. No meat, no beef, no chicken, no pork, nothing. Going to be okay, Abner. No. No, it isn't. Nothing's ever going to be the same. Get a hold of yourself, man. You don't understand. I've been preparing all month. Preparing for what? The meat sweats, Virgil. The meat sweats. What am I going to do now? Walking Dead Season 8 landed this week on Netflix. I have begun that. I am three episodes in. And as much as the episodes annoy me with their opening there was like episode two was like a minute and a half of just music and long drawn out close-ups of eight or nine characters' faces. Didn't know what was going on. And it was just really, you just, that was a minute and a half. You could have done something productive in this show, but instead you, you did that. And I, I don't know, I don't get that kind of stuff. On Prime this week, the Highlander TV show landed. I've never watched the Highlander TV show. I don't know if I will or not, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I may check it out at some point. Nothing on Hulu that struck my fancy, nothing on Crackle, nothing on Tubi TV, and that's those are my streaming services. Now, for Netflix in October, I got a number of titles here that I'm, that I'm looking forward to. On October 1st, we're going to see Blade, Blade 2, which is the best of the three. No Blade 3, which is fine because that movie kind of sucked. Blazing Saddles, which I don't believe I've ever watched all the way through. I don't think I've watched even much of it, so I should probably get on that, don't you think? Empire Records, which is a movie I remember liking in the 90s. It's a very 90s teen movie, so about a bunch of kids that work at a record store. I remember really enjoying it, so I'll probably check it out again. Green Mile, October 1st, and V for Vendetta. I know a lot of people who have read the book and watched the movie and say, the movie sucks, movie was stupid. I really like the movie, and I'm going to watch it again. On October 2nd, we finally get some Monty Python, just not all of the Monty Python as we've been promised. So I'm hoping this is just an error, and they didn't, they were not able to list everything. But on October 2nd, we're going to get The Life of Brian, and then the article listed it as Monty Python's meaning of live, not life, live. So I don't know if that's a typo or if there's something else that they're putting. I'm assuming it's a typo and it's the meaning of life. We'll find out on October 2nd. But nothing else about Monty Python for the rest of the month. And if really those are the only two that are that, that they're they're putting on Netflix in October, they really wasted a huge chance to do something fun on Netflix. They've been promising us that the entire Monty Python catalog will be on Netflix by late in the year. Well, October is an anniversary month for Monty Python for two reasons. October 7th, it's either October 6th and 7th or October 7th and 8th. I didn't look it up. 
because it's been a while since I've celebrated uh, or observed either of these anniversaries. But the first one uh, is the first episode aired on October 7th or 8th in 1969. And then 20 years later, the day before their 20th anniversary is when Graham Chapman died. Those would have been good days to put out the entire Monty Python catalog on Netflix, people. Don't know what you were thinking. Sometimes you just got to pick up the phone and call old Steve. I'll let you know what's going on. I got the DL. Just give me a call. Beyond that, October 19th, we have Daredevil Season 3. So looking forward to that. Daredevil so far has been my favorite of the Marvel shows on Netflix. And then something I had no idea was going to get a Season 2, Hip Hop Evolution Season 2. Well, I watched Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix and loved it. And frankly, learned for the first time what a breakdancer is because of that show, because of that doc, you know, because of those episodes. I never knew why they called him a break dancer. I just, just thought it was something they, it's something they came up with, you know, where do they come up with this stuff? Some people just come up with it. But what they would do is the DJ would have his two turntables and he would find in a song, the break, the break beat, the break in the song was always the best part. And so he would play the break on the one turntable switch it over to the other turntable and play the break again. And that way, that was their way of looping the break of a song. And they called it the break beat. People would dance to it. Break dancers. Mind freaking blown. So I really enjoyed season one of Hip Hop Evolution. So I will probably enjoy season two as well because there was a lot they didn't touch on. The The, uh, the description says it's going to be focusing on hip hop in the 80s and 90s, which is a good idea because they really glossed over a lot of the 90s hip hop. They went, you know, they just, they really just jumped. They, they spent a lot of time on the birth of hip hop and how it came to be. And then they just really just ran through a lot of it really quickly. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to coming on Netflix in October. So let's talk about Iron Fist season two. Who doggy. Again, I'm going to spoil the crap out of this. So I mentioned in a previous episode that I started the show and just wasn't all that into it. First episode, eh. Second episode, eh. Third episode, well, all right, it's getting a little bit better. Fourth, eh, a little better. Well, at one point, I just stopped watching it. I, I watched Band of Brothers instead. I finish up with Band of Brothers on Saturday, and I'm trying to find something else to watch. Learn that Walking Dead Season 8 is now on Netflix. So I'm going to go watch that. And I tell myself, you know what? You need to finish Iron Fist season two. I know you're not all that into it, but just go finish it just so you can say you did. And I'm glad I did. I, it was, it just got better and better as each episode went by. A lot of Colleen Wing, Colleen Wing, just kicking butt in this show. She was front and center for a lot of it. And then by the end of the last episode, blew my freaking mind. So let me let me just spoil the whole freaking season for you. <laughs> so the whole point of the season was Danny is now living with Colleen. He is defending the city because Matt Murdock, Matt Murdock told him 
your friend Mashiri, when he quote unquote died at the end of Defenders. And he's basically doing most of his defending in Chinatown. He's trying to, to stop a lot of the violence between the triads. Uh, I think that they were called the Tigers and then the, the hatchet men, the ax men or whatever, guys with hatchets. Uh, so he's out doing that every night. And in the meantime, um, he's, his relationship with, uh, Ward Meacham has really, they're, they're, they can, they consider each other brothers. Ward Meacham really turned into a good guy in this season. He was such a, a jerk and a bad guy in the previous season, but he's, he's, you know, he's seen the error of his ways. Well, his sister Joy has come back and she's hanging out with Davos. Danny's other brother from Kun Lun. And they got some kind of scheming going on. They're going to get back at Danny. They're, they want to get back at Danny. And what, what happens is what it turns out, what they're doing is they hire Typhoid Mary, Mary Walker, to kidnap Danny. She brings him to this uh, warehouse. They have these three tattoo artist women called the, the Crane Sisters. And using them, their ancient ways of tattooing, a uh, the blood of Danny, and then the skin from a previous Iron Fist with the tat with the with the dragon burned into his chest. They just cut that whole thing out. Anyway, they managed to take the Iron Fist power from Danny and give it to Davos. Davos now can ha- he now at this point both of his hands glow, both of his fists. But they glow red. Danny's glows. Danny's one fist glows yellow. His fist glows red. And so he goes out to clean up the city. And he takes it a little too far. And he's killing. He's just killing people left and right. And he even ends up killing an innocent guy. So Danny and Colleen and then Misty shows up to help him. They need to get the Iron Fist power back. But Danny realizes that he. He let the Iron Fist power consume him. He didn't know, he, he's, he's never known who he was or what his purpose in life is. So while he agrees they need to get that Iron Fist power back from Davos, he feels that it should be given to Colleen. Colleen doesn't want it at first. She doesn't, she hung up her katana. She doesn't want to do any of this crap. Eventually she decides, okay, yes, I will take the Iron Fist power. And so they, they successfully transfer it. They, they defeat Davos. They transfer the Iron Fist power into Colleen. And only her right fist glows, but hers glows white. So then the episode is coming to an end. Danny leaves. He has to go find himself. And so he and Ward get on a, a Rand jet and they go to Asia. Danny's got to go find himself. Ultimately, he wants to find out where... Because Davos got this skin with the with the dragon on it off of a corpse that he had shipped in from somewhere in Asia, and Danny wants to know where it came from. He figures that's where he needs to start. And then they jump forward a month, like one month later. So here's here's some of the big spoilers. So they're in New York. They're showing New York. They're showing some guys doing some bad things. Colleen shows up to stop him. She pulls out her katana holds it out before her, her fist glows white, and then so does the katana. And I just went, what the frick? I I raised my hands in the air and said, what the frick? 
my daughter Ronna was sitting on the other couch looking at her iPod on her iPad and she just looked at me like all kinds of weird. And then they shifted from that to somewhere in Asia. And Ward is in this bar trying to get this information from this guy. And the guy's like, I ain't giving you information. Matter of fact, my bodyguard here, who's like eight feet tall, he's going to kick your butt. And Ward says, all right, I guess, Danny, you got to take over from here. And there's Danny in the back of the bar and he's sitting at a table and he stands up and he goes, well, I thought you had this, Ward. And Ward's like, well, you know, everything's happened. So the bodyguard pulls out a gun. Danny reaches into his jacket. He's wearing two guns under his under his arms. He pulls both pistols. Both his hands glow yellow. Both the guns glow yellow. He fires two bullets that are glowing yellow. They meet in the middle. They fire an angle and meet in the middle and hit the other bullet that the guy shot. And I'm just like, what in the frick? It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then it's over. That was it. But I was, now this all is probably from the comic books. I didn't read a lot of Iron Fist comic books in the, in the 2000s and the 90s and, and all that. So this is probably all from the comic books. So anybody who's read that stuff was probably like, oh yeah, that's cool. They brought that in. That's pretty awesome. I'd never seen anything like that before. And so now I'm like, holy crap, when are we going to get more of this? I need to see more of this. I don't know. Don't know when we're going to see more of it, but it was, it was amazing. I was on, I was almost on my feet with amazement. But I wasn't because, you know, I'm at home. My girl, my, my kid, my Rana was looking at me funny. So I moved on to Walking Dead. And I don't want to talk about that yet because I want to wait till I'm done with the season. But Iron Fist season two, bam. So Luke Cage season two, I loved it from front to back. I think all in all, as far as seasons are concerned, Luke Cage season two, better than Iron Fist season two. However, the last moment of Iron Fist season two, I had way more of a reaction than all of season two of Luke Cage or even everything up to that point in season two of Iron Fist. But I still think Luke Cage is the better season. So that's what I've been watching this week. Going to watch some more Walking Dead next week, so maybe we'll talk about it then. So let's just close this episode out, shall we? The sound effects used in the Franks and Bean sketches come from the soundbible.com. The theme song is Expendable by Trinity X. Find it and other songs by the band at atomiczombierecords.bandcamp.com. With the exception of the comics intro, the rest of the music in the episode is from George Harab. Look him up at georgeharab.com. And then you know what? Let me know what you think about the show. You can do that in a number of ways. You can email me at stephenrls at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the episode at stephenrls.com. You can go over to the Patreon, leave a comment on that episode over at patreon.com slash stephenrr. Do that for me. Leave a comment. Leave. Let me know what I'm doing right. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Recommend some books for me to read. If you don't want to do any of that, go to iTunes or anywhere else that you get the podcast. And if they got a place for you to leave a review, leave a review. That's my, that's my bread and butter. That's what us podcasters live on. Reviews and comments. Feedback. We need it. Used to have, you know, in the old, the old shows, a listener's feedback section. I wouldn't like to bring that in here as long as I get some listener's feedback. Now, before I end, I do want to say, and I should have said this at the very beginning. I meant to, but I forgot. 
But before we end, I just, I encourage you to stick around to the very end of the episode. Soon as the theme song starts playing at the end here, don't go away, don't walk away. Let it play out, go to the very end. If you don't go to the very end of this episode, you might be disappointed. There might be something fun there at the end of the episode for you to listen to. So I suggest you do that. So until then, I am gonna go get a cheeseburger. You don't wanna go get a cheeseburger, that's fine. Go get something to eat. You're hungry. Mama wants you to eat something. Get some food in you. But more than that, let's be positive, folks. Let's be positive about the world today. Let's be positive about the things in our life. Let's stop getting out there and being all negative. Let's stop trolling people on web, on Twitter, Facebook. Let's stop hating. Let's be positive. See you next week. forward to the meat sweats? I don't know, Virgil. I just panicked is all. The thought of an entire meal with no meat just sent my head a-spinning. Why are we at a swimming pool? Don't worry about it. You know, this reminds me of the time those gremlins stole my pants. Good Lord, Abner, not the gremlins again. I was just a young'un when they came, just a decade old that crept into my room while I was at summer camp. Mm-hmm. Summer camp ain't no barrel of monkeys, you know, what with all the war games and accounting tournaments. Accounting tournaments? But that was before all them little ducks came out of the lake and started eating everyone's chili. Many a duck met its demise that day, I can tell you. I'm going home. It's the bill you gotta go for, Virgil. Kick them in the bill. It's the only way to be sure. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.